Ezekiel 37, if you got your Bibles today. Praise God. I just want to tell you, I don't know what your background is for everybody here, and I'm not sure everybody who's watching out there, but we're not a church that's depressed. Yes, we battle. Yes, we go through things, okay? But we're not a depressed church. We're not, so like if you're just trying to figure it out, like I'm trying to understand like there, you know, something happens when I call your name and Pat, that guy's up there dancing around. I thought he was the pastor. He's supposed to be real dignified. Well, read, read about David's life, okay? And then talk to me. You know, that's why you need to know the word. You got to live in the word. I'll talk a lot about the word today and the spirit and how God uses them, uh, you know, cohesively working together in our own life. And I'm so excited. But, you know, we're, we're some churches. I've been in churches. I've been in church my whole life. Trust me. I'm an old church boy. Um, I've been in some churches that it's like a funeral parlor. You ever been in one of them? And I've literally stood in the back and said, my God, who would want to come here? You ever been in one of those? It's no wonder there's so many that are empty, right? Um, so God's been so good. And I, I, want, I just want to start with something funny, and then we'll get into this word today. And do you have that, do you have that Ezekiel 37 video that I sent you? Do you have that? Don't show yet. Hold on. Hold, hold that thought. And, uh, uh, you know, Adam had this <laughs> conversation with God, and God said after he made Adam, Adam, I want to give you a beautiful help meet is the word in the King James. How I many know that's the help meet? And she's going to be a helper, I think it says in the New Living or something like that. A wife. And uh, he says, okay, Lord. He didn't know what a wife was. And, and he said, can you explain it to me? And, and uh, this is the amplified version. Amen? Uh, super amplified. And God said, I'm going to give you a, a beautiful bride. And uh, she's going to cook for you. She's going to clean for you. She's going to pick up all your messes. She's going to bear you children. She's never going to disagree with anything you ever say. She'll bring you breakfast in bed every single day. You are blessed, Adam, and highly favored. And he said, wow, God, that's just so amazing, Lord. Then he got thinking, like, how much is this going to cost me? How many guys have ever asked that question? Especially when your wife gets an idea. He says, God says, it's going to cost you your arm and your leg. And he says, what can I get for a rib? And, and so the rest, my dear brothers and sisters, loved ones, is history. Can you say amen? Praise God. Okay. All right. That's the only Joel Olstein joke I know. Okay. Ezekiel 37. In fact, watch this. I want you to watch this because, listen, before we roll this, some people, and I'm not, I'm not shooting anybody, just understand, I know this is a very diverse congregation. And there's people that, I met people in the first service, we have multiple brand new families. So when Teddy, Brother Teddy said increase, we've already seen it, right? We see it in the spirit, talk about seeing through spiritual eyes today. They had, John and Elaine had a wonderful night of worship here last night. If you weren't here, it was, it was I got, we were called out, wasn't able to be here, but give them a big hand. Wasn't that wonderful? Praise God. Amen. Glory to God. Amen. And we're talking about the glory of God. So know that God's really doing something special here. We're in a great season, and uh, we give him all the glory. Anyway, Ezekiel 37 is the thing is that people don't know when I say that. Not everybody grew up in church, so they're not going to know that scripture. They're not going to know about the story of the valley of dry bones. We sang that song, Rattle, we sang a couple minutes ago here. So notice they're not skeletons. They're not skeletons that are together. They're all scattered out all over the place, okay? 
And if you need the biblical historical context of this, the year is about 586 B.C. Judah and Israel, they're two different uh, nations at war with each other. And uh, Judah has taken the king. They, uh, the horrible atrocities of war, but I'll just give you a little, is this okay? A little bit of theology here. Um, they, they, murdered the king, they murdered the king's children in front of him, king of Israel. Judah attacked, drug him outside the city gates, murdered his whole family, let him watch that as a form of torture, and then dug his eyes out. They had him in chains, and then he died years later in Babylonian captivity. So those bones actually were the children of Israel that were thrown out, kicked, thrown out of not only their own city, but they, and you think it's bad out there? <laughs> Folks, read your Bible. This was a bad, this was bad news. And not only were they dead, they were dead like for a long time. They were dry bones, very dry bones, okay? So, and they're scattered. They're not like skeletons, like in a tomb. Now, if you go to Israel, you'll see, and uh, Hannah could attest this. Anybody else have been to Israel? Mom and dad? Yes, yeah, several. Lynn, right? Uh, Marianne, there you are back there. We've seen the graves, Cindy, the graves of the people that are waiting for the Messiah. They're buried facing the eastern gate. It's quite a sight to see. They're dry bones. Been there for like hundreds, some thousands of years. So it's a, it's a real deal. So, um, you know, he says, and then, you know, he says, I'm the Lord. He prophesied, prophesied. There was a noise, suddenly a rattling. The bones came together, bone to bone. Indeed, as I looked, the sinews and the flesh came upon them. Then the skin covered them, but there was no breath in them. Also, verse 9, God said to me, prophesy to the breath. Prophesy, son of man. And say to the breath, thus says the Lord God, come from the four winds, O breath, and breathe on these slain, that they may live. So I prophesied as he commanded me, and the breath came into them, and they lived. So imagine going from bones scattered out to a skeleton, like you in science class, remember they had that skeleton? And then all of a sudden, sinews tend to start growing, forming back on them, then skin covered them and all of a sudden they stood up and they begin to breathe the bible says as a mighty army and if and I, I don't have time to get into it that's why you need to just really live in the word you know man if you go down just a few more verses you'll see that this represented the nation of israel as i just before mentioned but then it also says that god was bringing them one nation under one king that king's name was david but in this vernacular in this setting in our the context of the text I gave you, but now we're talking about in 2020, what does that mean to you personally? What does that mean to me? What does that mean to this church strategically like a city on a hill? And what does it mean to this valley that you look at when you drive down this highway? Amen? I remember the first time you drove down here and you saw this big hulk of a building sitting here. Can I tell you a funny story? I was Friday night... Uh, I told my mom and dad this Friday night there was a big old motorhome sitting out here with a big uh, Chevy truck behind it. Yeah, it was like a Silverado or something. Beautiful white truck. It had Florida plates on it. So I thought, you know, it's kind of strange. They were parked like right, right in the front here. And so I pulled over. I'm like, can I help you? And the, and the guy, he looked a little stressed. He, was, he had white hair. And he just, nothing against you guys that have white hair. I've got some here, but I just keep it real short. So it looks better. Uh, anyway, anyway, hair today, gone tomorrow, as they say, right? So, anyway, sorry, don't get me started. But anyway, I walked up to him, and I, I pulled up to him, and I said, can I help you? You guys okay? I'm just checking on you. And uh, he said, actually, and he had this real, like, I can't, I'm not even going to try to do the accent. He had this real New England accent. And Brother Tommy had a Boston Red Sox shirt on, so it was kind of a dead giveaway. And I figured, you know, Terry, we'll pray for you. The Red, all the Red Sox fans, 
they need to get converted. Amen? Amen. Praise God. Amen. Don't get me started. So I said, can I help you? He said, oh, he said, I'm sorry. He said, we are having a little trouble with our bus here. And, we, and, but, and, and his wife came out. Now, how many know that the real truth is going to come out? She'd come out behind him. And she said, I'm so sorry. She said, but, you know, we're Catholic people. And she said, uh, I said, Jesus, you've got to help us, God. Help us find a place to park tonight. She said, and literally within two seconds in the opening was this big assembly of God church. So how many know you're in the right place? Can you say praise God? Hallelujah. Amen. And we prayed that they received the Holy Ghost and, and put a Yankee shirt on, and then, and then I said goodnight. <laughs> so anyway, y'all are too easy. So I want to talk to you just... <laughs> Oh, God, I might just tell you a couple things that I feel like God has given me through this text this week. Are you ready? Number one, there's a great need in our country today. How many know I don't have to convince you of that? The greatest need is not money. The greatest need is not things. The greatest need is the need for God. Money doesn't help people. God helps people. Can you say Amen. Verse 2, look at it. He said, Then he caused me to pass by them all around, and behold, they were, there were very many in the open valley. Indeed, they were very dry. I mean, have you ever seen a time in our nation's history that this has been so perilous? My folks are going to be celebrating 70 years of ministry. 70 years. Can we give them a hand today? Amen. Bless you, Mom and Dad. Praise God. Amen. And they're both turning 90 years of age this year. Can you say praise God? And let me tell you something. Let me just brag on a little bit. My dad still plays golf. We golfed the other day. He beat me. You'd think he would have mercy on me. I'm so busy. I need to relieve some stress. You know, I get out there and how many know it's like I can't even find the ball. But 90 years old, that's pretty good, right? The blessing of the Lord. Yeah. But I asked them the other day, last Sunday night, in fact, they come over to the house, as we often do as family, and we were just kind of just hanging out, you know, say, what do you talk about? Life, you know. And I said, Mom and Dad, have you ever seen such a crazy time in our nation's history in your entire life? But we're talking like 90 years span. They said, absolutely not. Never seen nothing like it. And this isn't a political statement, but I'm just going to tell you, just, just look at the last couple years, folks. They, the president, you need to pray for the president. I don't care if you're Democrat, Republican, God's not coming back for a donkey or an elephant. He's coming back because he's the Lamb of God. Can you say amen? Oh, yeah. Hallelujah. But everything is, I mean, so much has gone on here. Everything from uh, the Russian investigation to the impeachment, you know, all that. Just a bunch of stuff. Then we had COVID-19. Then we had Corona. Then they got the... You know, the, the horrible, horrible, senseless murder of Floyd. That was horrible. You know, it absolutely should have never have happened. They threw the policeman away. He should have been fired a long time ago. He had multiple, like 20-some written complaints about him. If he, if he was working for me, I would have fired him. Are you kidding me? And I'm a nice guy. But, you know, so, but then, then, then it turns to what? Then it turns to rioting. Come on. Then it turns to looting. Now, next thing you know, they're burning uh, Wendy's. Like, what in the world are we doing here? You know, and that's not a peaceful protest. That has nothing to do with the First Amendment whatsoever, okay? So, needless, I said all that to just say this. People need the Lord. People need Jesus more than ever. 
We have the hope. We have the answer, and it's in Jesus' name. If you believe that, why don't you clap your hands and let the devil know that you're serious. People are dead. They're dry in trespasses and sin without God. You know, Ichabod, glory of, no glory of God. That's what we've been talking about, the glory of God. It's non-existent, and so people are dead. No matter how nice they look, no matter how well they're put together, I don't care if their purse matches their shoes, or even how many scriptures they could quote, if they're not having an intimate personal relationship with the Savior who died on the cross 2,000 years ago and is alive and well coming back one day as a soon-coming king, like we were just singing a few minutes ago, your throne will last forever, and to your kingdom there will be no end, then you're dead. And I would say that usually, and I know you know this, religious people are the worst in this area. They have a form of godliness. In fact, that's, that's prophecy. That's end time prophecy. Paul said in the last days, men would be proud, rude, arrogant, boasters, lovers of themselves more than lovers of God. Does that sound familiar? You, can I just say this? I'm, not, this? I'm not a doom and gloomer. I hate that. We're not a negative church. But the reality is, folks, just in church attendance alone, thank God it's not this church. One of the few probably in the nation now. Do you know how far it's down? Do you know in the 80s that, listen, in the 1980s, over 80% of people went to church more than once a week. In fact, the average was three times a week. Anybody grow up like that Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night? Yeah, that's commitment. You know what it is now? Now it's less than 20%. And you have revival meetings, and we'll, we'll invest heavily in, in a man of God. And like, I'm not shooting him. I'm just telling you the reality is that people aren't even here. Come on. How many of you want to see God move? Amen. Amen. So it's, it's about commitment, right? And there's all, this, there's all this dryness. And then, so it's a great challenge. There's a second point. There's a great challenge. Verse 3, and he said to me, Son of man, can these bones live? He's asking the prophet Ezekiel, can they live? He said, oh, God, only you know that. You know, how many know that we don't know everything? God does. But God was really challenging him there. Amen. <laughs> Praise God. Amen. I thought the altar call was starting already. Amen. Praise the Lord. <laughs> I love it. Bless you, Melissa. So, um, yeah. So here's the deal. We've got to be able to see through spiritual eyes. Spiritual eyes. I almost brought out this thing. We, in between the services, Nicole and Yadera were back in my office, and they said, what is that? I have this beautiful nautical instrument. It's made out of brass. It's in a wooden case with a little, like, anchor, you know, embossed in gold on it. Pat Schatzline. Uh, gave me that the first time he came here and he walked through the door of my office listen this is about two years ago now he walked through the door of my office how many remember brother pat the first time he was here he walked through the door of my office on a sunday morning and he said the holy spirit spoke to me to give this to you as a gift watch this it's one of those you know like if you're on a ship you like it expands out it's it's actually a very expensive instrument and you look through it and you can see for miles across the seas he said god spoke to me specifically listen about this house that you're to be on the lookout for new territory Guess what happened suddenly? Honesdale, Pennsylvania. Quick work, amen? Amen. So, you know, you've got to see, listen, the point is you've got to be able to start to see with spiritual eyes. And you can't see with spiritual eyes if you're watching CNN all the time. I just refuse to watch it. I don't need to know that. What do I need to know, really? What do I need to know? This happened and that happened and this happened and that happened, you know? And then we become just like the world. Our information becomes all the garbage and all the agenda. And if I dare say the word deep state, all that is being pushed upon the people of God. 
And it's causing a dryness. In fact, our love for God, if we're not careful, will wax cold. It's what happens. And therefore, that's where those numbers come from. People quit going to the house of God. People are depressed. And even if they're in a house of God, it's like a funeral. It's like dead, dry religion. It doesn't work. It becomes like the blind leading the blind. But Jesus said, I've come to give you a life and life more abundantly. Amen? So, you know, you can look at it as an attack on our nation. It really is a spiritual attack. And so the Great Commission... So we've got the great need, the great challenge. I want to talk about the great commission. Look at verse 4. Again, he said to me, prophesy to these bones and say to them, O dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Thus says the Lord God to these bones, surely I will cause breath to enter into you and you shall live. I will put sinews and I will bring flesh upon you and cover you with skin and put breath in you and you shall live. And then you shall know that I alone am the Lord your God. So the Word of God, listen, the Word of God, folks, this Bible, this is God's book. This is not just some nice literature to be put on a shelf with all the other great narratives that have been written down through the annals of time. This is alive. The Bible says a lot about the Bible. Listen, it's the only book ever written that is actually alive. It's living. It's breathing. Come on, someone. It's sharper than any two-edged sword. And that's why you've got to frame your thoughts and your speech, and certainly God knows your actions through this book and not everything else that you've been told all week long. Can you say amen? It's the very word of God. And it's under attack today. Trust me when I, I say this. There's a, I know it's a hot topic. I don't care. I'm going to preach on it anyway. What, what arrogance that a man or a woman or a person would try to judge the Word of God. And now we've got atheists that are theologians because of the Internet. And people will read that and they'll say the most stupid things. Let me ask you a question. Just because somebody puts something on the Internet, you're just going to believe that? That's right up there with watching uh, you know, the liberal agenda and being driven by that to your decisions. It's demonic. Let me tell you something. The people that try to judge this book and their arrogance, one day this book will judge them. This is God's infallible word. Infallible. 2 Timothy chapter 3 and verse 16, if you've got to put it up. It says that all Scripture, everybody say all Scripture. All. Not some. Not parts. All means all. Greek, Hebrew, Aramaic, whatever you want to quote. Swahili, Japanese. It means all. All. All means all. All scripture, the Bible tells us this, 2 Timothy 3.16, is God breathed. God breathed. Think about that. All scripture is God breathed, given by his inspiration and profitable for instruction. This is in the Amplified. And for reproof and conviction of sin, for correction of error and discipline and obedience. I was talking to Brother Derek this morning about the discipline of being thankful. I mean, no, that's a discipline to be thankful. Sometimes i got to start saying, I'm thankful, I'm thankful, even if I don't feel thankful, and then my feelings will catch up with my words. It's like married people, you've got to start saying, I love you, I love you. You might not feel it, but the feelings will gain traction when you start to speak what's right and what's true. 
conviction of sin, the correction of error, the discipline and obedience, and for the training in righteousness in holy living, conformity to God's will, thought, and purpose. There's a, a lot of words there, especially in the, in the Amplified. But I want to tell you that it, literally there's, there's like two words here that it actually means, listen, God inspired, this is in the Greek now, God inspired, it literally, and I want to say this word the right way, it's saying pneuma, which we know is breath, or if we say it like this, it, it literally, this is what I want to say, it literally talks of, look, all, almost all English language and words in human history come back to this book. Does that make sense? Pneuma, breath. It's like a pneumatic nailer. Eh? Carpenters in the house, you got a pneumatic nailer? That word is air. Theos, God. Okay? Theo, God. Theo, God. Pneuma, breathed. So we inhale, it's inspired of God. God breathed. It actually says in the NIV, God breathed. And when you think about the word that comes under attack, I just want to tell you, folks, people that would attack this book don't know this book. Only the fool says in his heart there is no God. Think about that. So God breathed. Men receive revelation. Everybody from peasants to kings and lots of different type of authors in between. 66 books. It's infallible. You know, I heard somebody the other day say, well, you know, what kind of version are you praying? What kind of translation? Because, you know, you know I don't think... Let me tell you, that's an that's a idiotic... <laughs> statement to make that! It has nothing to do with the translation. We're talking about the original. You either believe this book or you don't. <laughs> and I mean that. And this was an educated person, which is kind of scary. But be careful when you read something on the Internet and, and they try to attack the Word of God. Here, here's, here's one of the ways. Let me just talk about this for a minute. Are you guys okay on time? Okay. So... They'll say, uh, the Bible contradicts itself. Actually, it doesn't contradict itself anywhere. It's just when a person makes a blatant statement that is so irrational, uneducated, just like stupid, okay? It's just dumb because they don't know the facts of this book. So let me just give you one. Okay, I'll just give you one and we'll move on. Uh, by the way, we have a ministry school starting this fall. You really should be part of it because we can really go in on this stuff, man. And I love it. And it helps you to grow. Because if you're going to be a preacher, you better know what you're talking about. Amen? Amen. Don't, don't covet what I have if you haven't done the work that I've done to get here. And had the anointing that God's given me specifically to do this work. And by the way, when I run into some major issue, I'll call you and say, here, you got this one. <laughs> Okay, so here's, here's one, of the, one of the things that an atheist will say. Well, Matthew says about Judas that Judas hung himself and he died. And yet Luke, you know, Luke wrote the gospel, Luke, Luke the physician, right? He's a medical doctor, also wrote the book of Acts, like Acts, man. Luke says that he fell and his entrails exploded and went out. That means his stomach, okay? So they're literally trying to pair that like that's a contradiction. How ridiculous. Let, let me just explain this to you. Is this, this is okay? <laughs> That's like, look, it's not logical because there is no contradiction. You can make two statements that are separate. I'm trying to put this really in layman's term. 
but they, it doesn't mean they disagree. For example, Matthew, primary audience was the Jews, okay, right? And he was speaking to Jewish people. Luke, primary audience was to the Greeks. He was a scholar. He was a physician, a medical doctor. He was very educated. So like, it'd be like if I called up the ta my tax guy and uh, he says, you know, did you use your car for personal or for business? And I would just say, I just want the bottom line. How many of you just want to know if you're getting a return or not? Amen. Okay. And so Matthew said, Judas hung himself and died. Luke says, when he fell, his entrails came out, his intestines, right? Well, here's why. Because the Jews don't work on the Sabbath. Am I telling the truth? <laughs> We're bringing it over into the American church now. So just work with me. How many know they don't work on the Sabbath? Um, they almost don't do anything on a Shabbat, right? I mean, not if the refrigerator door came open and you were Jewish, you would call somebody to close it for you in your house. I've been in elevators, right? <laughs> they think I'm exaggerating. You think, I mean, you'd, you'd trust your pastor. They have a Shabbat elevator. I was just going to say, yeah, and it just opens every floor. They have a Shabbat elevator. Uh, first time I was in Israel, 04, something like that. Um, they actually have one that opens on every floor, so you don't have to touch the button. Because the Sabbath is a Sabbath. It's 24 hours. And so they, listen, if a dead body like Judas, who betrayed Jesus for 30 pieces of silver, was hanging there, they would never touch him until the Sabbath had ended. Are you, are you getting the picture? And so they wouldn't cut that down. So what happens to the body, from a medical standpoint, you can ask your doctor this, it, it starts immediately to decay and the, the, it gets gases, it gets bloated. How many, any hunters in the house you've seen? Well, just drive down the, the road in Pennsylvania, you'll see all kinds of deer that are bloated out there, okay? <laughs> and it starts to eat your stomach lining. It's, it's too gross. I mean, we were just singing about dry bones, so it's not that far away from it, okay? <laughs> How? And so what happens is it becomes so tender that the minute that they take that corpse down, boom! So it's the same statement. It's just a little different description. Amen. <laughs> How many saw the video? They had this big whale that washed up on the beach a couple years ago, and they didn't know what to do with it. And you just made me see it's on YouTube. And so they had this idea, this bright idea. How many knows there's good ideas and there's not so good ideas? Amen. They decided to try to pull this with like four-wheelers to take it back to their laboratory to see if they could prevent this from happening again. It was a whale all bloated on the beach for like a few days. And when they started to pull it, it actually exploded in the middle, like Judas, and the people got covered in whale blubber. Yeah, and the guys are like, wow, what a great, what a cool story. And the women are like, oh my gosh, disgusting. You know, right? Where's the hand sanitizer? <laughs> so scripture does not contradict itself. It's God breathe. And now watch this word. I'll give you this quick inhale and there's exhale. Inhale, inspired. Men receive revelation through God. Exhale, expired. You get it? Inhale, inspired. You get inspired by God. You inhale. Exhale. Expired. That's when somebody takes their last breath. They expire. I know it's a little, little bit in there, but it's okay. Just stay with me. Expired. Uh, how can I? In our house, 
Melissa, I don't know what it is, but our kids, my kids, they have a problem with expiration dates. Listen, look at me. I didn't grow up in a generation of expiration dates, okay? We grew up in our generation with the kids that wear a helmet when they rode the bicycle. For goodness sakes, we didn't have seatbelts in the car. Anybody grow up like that? And if you think, listen, the, we were tough. The next generation is a bunch of sissies, man. <laughs> and if you think I'm tough, you should talk to my father and mother's generation. Well, come on, somebody. I'm preaching better than you're saying amen. We never wore seatbelts in a car. Are you kidding me? Let me tell you how tough my father is. He was driving the car with us four kids. If he had to slam the brake, they had the old drum brakes, remember? He didn't really stop. He just kind of slowed down, you know? Right? I mean, and he would just put his arm out. He could literally stop the whole family. I mean, I could be laying in the back window with no clothes on. Just taking a I was fine, really. I mean, they drink water out of a, of a garden hose. It's like 150 degrees back then. Now you got to bite his fancy whatever it is, Fiji water or something. Goodness gracious, we're raising a bunch of sissies. And they'll go in our pantry. By our kids, like, I'm just, I'm just uh, encouraging our kids now, in case you haven't figured that out. And my daughter-in-laws, they'll say, Dad, this is like, we have a little pantry up our kitchen. This is like three years old. I'm like, let me see it. It's fine. You want me to eat it? I'll eat it, okay? No problem. Like, oh, gosh, it's disgusting. Throw it out. Get rid of it. Listen. You take dairy products, right? We were just talking about this the other day. Dairy products, for instance, it says Best Buy. Yeah, I think they should have other dates that say, like, okay, buy. <laughs> it's like you go to drink it, you know, a week, 10 days, I don't know, a year later, it's like, it's not the best, but it's okay. <laughs> so exp ex expiration, exhale, inhale, inspiration. You get it? Inhale, Jesus. Amen. Exhale the living word of God. Son of man, breathe. Man, I feel his presence here today. Jesus, Jesus. Wow. You know how powerful God is? You think he can't handle your bills? So let me just give you this really quick, a couple things about the word of God. Number one, it brings understanding to our life. How many times have you needed understanding for something? Say, man, if I could only understand why this is happening. I've got so many examples. i just give you one. Daniel. He was brought understanding through fasting and prayer. When you're like trouble or like I don't feel God or I don't know what to do with this. What am I supposed to do in this situation? Put a day of fasting behind it, okay? And shut everything off except this book. And start to take it in. Inspired. Amen? Job uh, 32, 8, just one verse. But there is a spirit in a man, and the inspiration of the Almighty giveth them understanding. Isn't that good? The Spirit of God in us gives us understanding through the Word of God, the breath of God. Here's another thing that it brings, and not only bring understanding, but also brings order to our life. Like, you know, from, from chaos to order. The bones were scattered all over the place, man. They're in a chaotic state. You ever seen, anybody ever seen more than like a couple hundred Bones are like a thousand bones in one place. Anybody ever been to catacombs in Paris, France? No? I have. In fact, we filmed for our, our broadcast there, 
and the catacombs, there's a, listen, there's a 1.5 human skeletal remains, and they're scattered. You walk down a spiral staircase that's made out of stone from the bubonic plague when they exhumed all the, you can look this up later, exhumed all the caskets because they ran out of space. So somebody says, let's dig a big hole in the ground and put them in the ground. So when you walk down there, it's damp and cold, 500 feet below the Earth's surface, and it's like retaining walls built out of human skeletal remains. And about every six feet or so, you'll see somebody's skull. It's chaos, right? Imagine these bones that Ezekiel saw, the prophet. They weren't skeletal, they were chaos, but God's work, his pneuma, breath, brings order out of our chaotic lives. Can you say amen? That's why we need the house of God. Did I lose you there? I said we need the house of God. Amen. Faith comes by hearing, Romans 10, 7, and hearing that of the word of God, which is the breath of God, the spirit of God. They go hand in hand. Amen? Praise God. Aren't you thankful for Jesus? Man, I am. I remember where God's brought me from. I was lost as a goose, and I was sitting right here in the church. But thank God somebody prayed for me. Can you say amen? amen? I talked to a mom this morning. She was sitting back about where you are, Gretchen, and Carl and I was talking to them, and first time here. And she said, how old is your son? Because I told him, I said, my son's going to preach early service. He puts like four services in one. We just preach one right into the other. They just all run together. Amen? Praise God. Still on the first one. Still on the first one. Amen. I just took the baton, you know. And she, she welled up with tears. She said, you know, my son, and she told me her plight, and she said, he's, he's not saved. He's not living for God. And it just breaks my heart. And I said, he's not saved yet. But he will be. What am I doing? That's exactly right, Frank. Prophesy. Speak the word of the Lord. It's God's will that all should come to repentance. Come on, somebody. Breath of God, it brings order. Psalm 33, 6, and all the host of them by the breath of his mouth, by the word of the Lord, the heavens were made. It also brings, here, here's the second and last point, the breath of God also brings strength. It brings strength. Amen? Was it something I said? Amen. <laughs> Sorry. How many know it brings strength? Look at verse 8. Indeed, as I looked at the sinews, the flesh came upon them and the skin covered them, but there was no breath in them. Spirit and truth. Jesus said to the woman at the well, there's coming a day, in fact, there now is where the true worshipers of God will worship the Father in spirit and truth. Let me tell you what the Spirit of God does with the word of truth, word of faith. It brings unity. That's what's not happening out there. You know why? Because it's a valley of dry bones. Spirit and truth. Spirit of God, breathe, inhale, exhale, revelation, and truth. Holy Spirit and truth. It's powerful. It brings order out of chaos. And when you see somebody living a chaotic life or they're all worked up and they're on to the next problem, the next problem, it's like Calamity Jane. You know anybody like that? Gosh, every time you get around them, they want to—they they can recite their problems more than they can the disciples in this book, you know. Now, where are you spending your time at, sir, ma'am? Indeed, I looked, he says. What do you see? Listen, God with his breath. Think, I just want to talk to you for a minute. God's breath parted 
the Red Sea. Exodus 15, 8, this is from the King James, it says, And with the blast of your nostrils, the waters were gathered together, and the flood stood upright like a heap, and the depths congealed in the heart of the sea. Wow. It's powerful, folks. The enemy said, I will pursue and overtake. That's what he tries to do even now. Listen, I will divide the spoil. This is what the enemy was saying to the children of Israel. But God said, I blew the wind of my nostrils and the sea covered them up, swallowed them up. Can you say amen? amen. And I don't even think God tried. I think he just went, Achoo! sorry about that. My bad, my bad. I don't think he had a mask on either. And, you know, this is, I actually read this this week. I'm almost, I almost read this this week about a guy in a college classroom, and the professor is always trying to, these professors are so smart, you know. And that's why it's dangerous, because someone can be academically inclined, but be an absolute, thank you, with the word of God. And that's why just because somebody's intelligent doesn't mean that they know this book. And they'll extrapolate some kind of line or scripture and try to make it something that's not. So this professor was always trying to downplay God and downplay the inerrancy of the word of God. And he said one day, he goes, it's just like that Red Sea incident, that story in the Old Testament, like that said it swallowed up, like the children of Israel went across on dry ground and then he swallowed up like the Egyptians. And uh, he said, you know, the reason that happened was there was a drought and it was only like six inches deep at that particular part. And this kid, this student, he wasn't trying to be disrespectful, but he burst out laughing. You ever have that happen to you? <laughs> He's like, ah! <laughs> the teacher went, did you just mock me? And he said, with all due respect, he said, I'll throw you out of my class. He said, with all due respect, sir, you said it was only six inches of water where they crossed. That's right. And you said there was a drought, so there was only six inches of water going across the Red Sea. And, and the children of Israel went across saving, and they could have been swallowed up. They, you know, he didn't part the seas. He said, let me ask you a question. Are you trying to tell me that the Egyptian army, the entire million point seven Egyptian army, drowned in six inches of water? <laughs> Who's laughing now? Come on, church. Don't listen to somebody because they're intelligent with science or mathematics but they don't have a revelation and an understanding of the infallible truth of the Word of God. Breathed, inspired, inhaled, exhaled. Jesus, John 20, he blew on the disciples and said, receive the Holy Spirit. Oh, I would have loved to have been a fly on the wall in that meeting. Amen? Whoo, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Mm-hmm. Last point, worship team can come back. The breath of God brings life. <laughs> Verse 10, so I prophesied as he commanded me and breath as he commanded me into them and they begin to live. Whoo. What do you see? your future I see bright horizons ahead yeah but what about this that's your problem you got too many yeah buts amen you either believe this or you don't 
And if you believe it, you'll live by it. And you'll speak the word of truth. Because out of the abundance of the heart, Jesus said, the mouth will speak. Your mouth is a dead giveaway. I don't care if you could quote the whole Bible. I want to know, are you living this thing? Well, you know, this is what happens to me. Every time I come, you know, that, that, that. You're, you're not called to be a victim. You're called to be a victor. Oh, come on. The breath of God brings life. Mm, how do I know? Because he took an old backslidden church boy. He was all jacked up. And God got a hold of me. He reached down in the miry clay. <laughs> he reached his hand down in this miry clay of humanity. And he picked me up. And he dusted me off. And he breathed his life into me. And he said to me, you start to begin to think like I do. You start to speak what I've already written to you. And the prophetic word is the gifts are in operation, like you saw before. Now, I don't know what you see out there, but I just believe the darker it gets, the brighter the light of God's going to shine in these last days. He said, come on, stand with me. Wow, what a powerful message. Now, be sure to subscribe and click the bell to be notified of our latest videos. Remember, we love you, God loves you, and may God's richest blessing be yours.